0: Welcome to Condensed Matter, condensing recent work in metaphysics, and the philosophy of science, down to what matters. I'm your host, Sam Kinton knight The focus of this episode is Alyssa Bucholich's How Scientific Models Can Explain published in Synthase in 2011. Imagine you're an architect designing a new skyscraper. You want to know if your design will be stable under a variety of weather conditions. So, you build a scale model of your design, point a hairdryer at it on full blast, and see what happens. Or perhaps you're trying to predict the trajectory of a pandemic. So you take what information you have about the transmissibility of the pathogen and the hospitalisation rate of those infected, and use this to calculate whether the health services will be able to cope. Perhaps your scale model skyscraper fares miserably when up against the hairdryer and topples over right away. So you change your design by making the base wider, subject your model to the hairdryer treatment once more, and, what do you know, it's still standing. It seems, then, that the width of the base of the skyscraper, perhaps among other things, explains its stability, or lack thereof. Perhaps your mathematical model of the pandemic says that the health service will be overwhelmed. So you tweak the transmissibility by assuming that people will be in less frequent contact and, ta-da, the health services stay within capacity. Here it seems that the ability of health services to cope with a pandemic is explained by, again, perhaps among other things, the transmissibility of the pathogen. In each case you are constructing a model in order to better understand the world scientific models are pared down representations which can be physical or mathematical of certain aspects of the real world that scientists and engineers use to explain make predictions and better understand the world but the world is a complex place your skyscraper tabletop model and your mathematical model of the pathogen are greatly simplified versions of the complex phenomena With which you are ultimately concerned. So, one might wonder how such models could really be expected to tell us anything useful about the vastly more complicated world that they are attempting to represent. Alyssa Bukolic is concerned with the question of how scientific models can explain. She reviews three different ways of answering this question before presenting her own preferred answer. The first approach that Bukolic discusses is to be found in the work of Carl Craver, Craver's suggestion is that the ability of models to explain consists in their describing mechanisms. We may give a mechanistic explanation of an analogue wristwatch, for example, by describing how the various different cogs and gears interact to give rise to the movement of the hands and ultimately keep time. According to Craver, if we were to explain the workings of a wristwatch via a model, that model would have to describe the precise interactions between the components that make up the watch and which give rise to its timekeeping ability. Bukolic's concern with Craver's proposal is that the requirement that models provide a complete and accurate description of their target is too strong. Indeed, she thinks that in such circumstances, it is unlikely that one really has a model at all. Models, after all, are simplifications, or as philosophers of science would say, models are idealised versions of what they represent. The second approach that Bukalic discusses is that of Mehmet Elgin and Eliot Sober. Unlike Craver, Elgin and Sober are keen to emphasise the fact that models can be idealised representations of their targets, as opposed to fully comprehensive descriptions. According to Elgin and Sober, models explain by describing the causes of the thing to be explained, and by citing a law of nature. An idealised model is explanatory, on this account, so long as the idealizations are harmless in the sense that correcting them would make little to no difference to the predictions that the model makes. So the model skyscraper is an explanatory idealisation, so long as the predictions that can be made using it match whatever may be predicted of the skyscraper itself in all its non-idealised glory. Bukolic's concern with this proposal is that it does not say why idealizations are explanatory, it just allows that a model may be explanatory, so long as the simplifications that it implies are harmless and that they do not affect the accuracy of the model's predictions. But what seems to be definitive of models is that they are idealizations to some extent. So Elgin and Sober's proposal doesn't really tell us what is distinctively explanatory about models. Finally, Bukulic considers Ernan McMullen's proposal. According to McMullen, models explain by highlighting causal structures that are responsible for the phenomenon that is to be explained. Since idealising, i.e. stripping away certain details, can help to isolate this explanatory causal structure, McMullen allows that models can be explanatory precisely because they are idealised. But crucially, we are only justified in taking a model to be genuinely explanatory when there is some principled process of de-idealisation that could, in theory, take us from the model back to the complex real-world target phenomenon by adding details back in. For example, we could de-idealise the model skyscraper by increasing its size, changing the material from which it is built, and so on. Though Bukolic favours McMullen's view of models out of the three discussed, she is still concerned that not all explanatory models may be subjected to a principled procedure of de-idealisation. Hence, she is concerned that some models are better understood as fictions than as idealizations. Those models that cannot be subjected to a principled de-idealisation procedure are fictions. Bukalic motivates her own account of how models can explain with reference to Niels Bohr's model of the atom. Very roughly, according to Bohr's model, electrons are allowed to orbit the atomic nucleus only in certain discrete classical, i.e. Newtonian as opposed to quantum mechanical, trajectories. Electrons can jump up to trajectories of higher energy by absorbing a photon, or down to trajectories of lower energy by emitting a photon. With his model, that is a fair bit more detailed than what has just been sketched, Bohr was able to make various predictions and provide explanations about the behaviour of atoms in the real world. However, we now know that the idea of electrons orbiting the nucleus along some definite classical trajectory is a fiction. According to quantum mechanics, Atoms are more accurately understood as a nucleus surrounded by a probability density cloud that is determined by the quantum mechanical probability of finding an electron at any given point. Bohr's model of the atom and the quantum mechanical description of the atom present radically different pictures of reality. Bukulic argues that there is no principled way of de-idealizing Bohr's model of the atom that would end up at the quantum mechanical description. This poses a problem for accounts, such as McMullen's, of how models explain, according to which the explanatoriness of a model depends on there being a principal de-idealisation procedure that could take one from the model back to the real-world target phenomenon. Bukolic's suggestion, then, is that Bohr's model is explanatory, not because it may be de-idealised to yield the quantum mechanical description, but because it exhibits a similar structure to the quantum mechanical description. More specifically, there are counterfactuals that are true of Bohr's model, i.e. if variable x in the model were changed in such and such a way, then variable y in the model would change thusly and solely, that mirror counterfactuals true of the quantum mechanical target. In more jargony terms, Bohr's model and the quantum mechanical description exhibit similar patterns of counterfactual dependence. What this means is that we are able to use Bohr's model to make predictions about real-world atoms, and this, according to Pukolic, is evidence that the model really is applicable to its target phenomenon, the real-world quantum mechanical atom. In short, the Bohr model is explanatory because it exhibits a similar structure to its target, the real-world quantum mechanical atom. This structural similarity can then be exploited to use the Bohr model to make predictions about real-world phenomena. But the Bohr model is better understood as a fiction than as an idealisation because there is no principled de-idealisation procedure that would take us from the Bohr atom back to the real-world quantum mechanical atom. I think that this paper does a nice job of focusing our attention on the distinctive explanatory role of models. Models are pervasive in science, so it would be strange if the explanatory role that they played was ultimately parasitic on, for example, mechanistic or nomological explanation. I think that Bukolic's broad point here is persuasive and important. However, my main concern with the positive proposal turns on its reliance on the notion of structure. Models explain, according to Bukolic, because they have in common with their targets a certain structure. But now we may wonder what this structure is exactly. Bukolic's suggestion seems to be that structure is a matter of patterns of counterfactual dependence. Similar counterfactuals will be true of model and target, but not the same counterfactuals the same counterfactuals couldn't be true of model and target because model and target are very different entities. So the suggestion seems to be that these similar counterfactuals are indicative of a truly shared underlying structure that explains the similarity of the counterfactuals and accounts for the model's ability to explain real-world phenomena. But now we may again push the question, what exactly is this structure? Is it something like a property or a universal that both model and real-world target phenomenon instantiate? If so, there's some heavyweight metaphysics under underpinning Bukolic's proposal, and this will make many philosophers of science uncomfortable. In the absence of more being said about this notion of structure that seems so important to the view, one might worry that the claim that models explain because they have a structure in common with their target is a mere placeholder account of explanation. Models explain because they are similar in some relevant way to their target. But we already knew that. The philosophical puzzle is in spelling out the nature of this similarity and how it renders models explanatory.